Listener Production. Shares. Market. The S&P. The ISX. Stocks. This is the Motley Fool Money Mailbag. Welcome to 2023. And to Motley Fool Money's very special first Sunday of the year mailbag edition. He is Andrew Page. I am Scott Phillips. Mate, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It doesn't seem like that long ago it was only Christmas. And yet, <laughs> well, I, I put the code a little bit. We recorded that Christmas episode about, what, 15 minutes ago. Yep. So, but, but, it's been a, but it's been a week in internet time. And uh, it is the beginning of 2023. Now, on Friday just gone, we did cover... I say confidently, having not recorded it yet. We did cover uh, our look back and look ahead. And I'll tell you what, it was a heck of a year 2022. So we're not going to spend too much time on that. We have plenty of your questions to answer. But I will say just to all of our loyal listeners, thank you so much for your support last year. Thank you for continuing to tune in this year. Uh, We hope to make this year even bigger and better. If you could share the podcast with your friends, we'd really appreciate it. Make that your New Year's resolution for us. How about that? Yeah, it might be a bit too much. All right, mate, um, let's get straight into the questions. We have a full mailbag because our listeners have been wonderful at sending these things in. First one comes from Jesse. Now, Jesse says, Scott, you and your crypto-loving friend Ram are legends. (laughs) Which I thought you would have. <laughs> I, I know people try and trigger me. <laughs> Jesse, can I say, if you could see what I can see now, oh. Ram just t- closed his eyes, taking a very deep sigh slash deep breath. Oh. Uh, what's wrong with that, mate? Come on. Crypto <laughs> is evil and horrible, <laughs> and I hate it just because I like Bitcoin. Please please don't lump me with those crazy people. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know what I love is- I know the, no one can tell the difference, but there's a difference. I was going to say, you know that Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other? That yeah. kind of Spider-Man thing. Like, hey, you, me, you, me. It's like, yeah. yeah. You're, you're like, no, that's them. No, that's- We're, we're like, yeah, no, mad. We're, but anyway, we, no, are, we are different. Yeah. If you really we want think, to trigger a maxi, call them a crypto enthusiast. And, and rightly so. Rightly so. <laughs> All right. The good thing is, again, by now, hopefully you've heard our Bitcoin episode, which we haven't yet recorded either, but we will, and you will have already heard it. So I hope it was a good one. Uh, I'm sure I won the argument. I'm sure Ram has clearly <laughs> changed his mind by now. Is that likely, mate? I'd like to th- – look, honestly, I'd like to think I'd, – I'd really like to think that's possible. Um, as I said, I confided in you off air, The whole this whole journey started mm. off with me thinking, oh, my God, I really have to put the nail in this because it's yeah. just coming up too often. I want to kill yeah. it. And in my attempt to kill it, I orange-peeled myself, um, that, which is funny when you listen. Else. What does orange-peeling mean? Oh, it's just like it's like a, a Matrix reference. It's sort of a okay, Bitcoin meme. It's like if you're orange-peeled, you've sort of gone down the rabbit hole and you've, you've, you've drunk the Kool-Aid, so to speak. The rest of us call it Stockholm Syndrome, mate, but you, yeah. go, you go with that. <laughs> it's so funny, though, when you listen to some of the, the, big, the, the big advocates. It's just like I think there's something wrong with you if you don't if you don't laugh at it when you first see it mm-hmm. or instantly think it's a scam like it, it, is, it is it is the entirely appropriate uh, if, it, if it was a scam point. i thought it would look like right it's, it, it's entirely appropriate starting point but but while i'd like to think i can change my mind i also like to think that others can change their minds if they just yes. go into it with an open mind and uh and take it take a wild idea seriously as i like to say Sounds good. Let's uh, let's move away from that because we have. Yeah, let's back, back off, back off time. slowly, <laughs> mate. Um, here's a question from Jesse. After after talking about you being my crypto loving friend, he says uh, you and Ram are legends. Thanks for answering my last question. You gave me plenty to think about. I have another question for you. Super funds. Vanguard has finally released their new super fund, and their costs are capital L O W low, between zero point five six and zero point five eight percent per annum, a bit more than half the price of Australian super. Do you think, he asks, this is a no-brainer? Are there other hidden costs I should be aware of? Additionally, they have an ethical option. 
What are your thoughts on ESG-focused supers? <laughs> I get to start the new year the way I finished the last one. Uh, can I save the world and make money at the same time, asks Jesse. After all, super is the most forward-thinking investment there is. Doesn't really matter. Does it really matter if I make my millions and the world is on fire? I guess that's a fair point. I'd love to hear your rants, tangents on the topics mentioned. Thanks in advance. Keep up the awesome work. And thanks for all the educational entertainment. Cheers. And he says, my name is Jesse, by the way. It felt a bit weird being referred to as Jay. Last time Jesse emailed us, uh, came from a crypto, uh, crypto, God, how am I going? Came from an Instagram handle. <laughs> um, and his Instagram handle was had a J at the beginning and what looked like a last name. So I did call Jesse Jay. Uh, but this time, Jesse, you are Jesse. Thank you for letting me know your name. Uh, Ram, it's a really good, have you had a look at the Vanguard Super Fund? No, I use Australian okay. Super because it's just what I went into years ago. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'm just hearing Jesse talk there and I think really I should look into that because yeah. um, I, I think we all put it off because it's just a pain in the backside. <laughs> it's like changing mortgages, isn't it? Oh, or God. telcos or bloody electricity oh, companies. or made yeah, it yeah. so hard. Which isn't yeah, harder exactly. than it. It's actually not that hard, but it's harder than it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think rationally the, the right answer is yeah. Yeah, if, if, if they're both, I mean, they're both reputable quality institutions, so it's tick. Mm-hmm. And then the next mm-hmm. one is which one's going to, cost me less then you know if it's a material mm-hmm. difference then the answer is change yeah um so i you, because you haven't looked at this mate i will i will tell you it's something which will change your mind which is at the moment at least vanguard super doesn't allow you to choose individual stocks oh okay so the catch the catch here is they so there's oh, i'm gonna give them a, a bit of a wrap while we talk about it but I'll, I'll tell you a bit more about it so um i by the way i not talking about it from Vanguard. I only know what I know from looking online. Everyone can find exactly the same information. They've done a really cool thing, mate, which I quite like. I don't love the way they balance it. They're too conservative for me, but they have this thing called life cycle super. And what it does is they actually adjust the asset mix as you get older. So you know how there's like those kind of retirement target date accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys just do life cycles literally based on your age. And so for the first, I'm just trying to find if I find the details, I'm going to have to do it manually myself. Um, yeah, I, I'm just going to roughly, right? So if you're under 47, they have 90% of your investment in growth assets and 100% in defensive assets. And then it drops away between 47 and 60 to end up being 50-50. And by the time you hit to 80 and above, it's something like 45% roughly from the look of it, maybe 40% defensive and mm. 60, uh, sorry, 40% growth and 60% defensive. Now, you and I have talked about the fact that defensive is probably too much, but for the average, so for no one listening to this podcast, right, for everybody else, for my sister or for, you know, friends that don't even want to think about this uh, and just want to make sure it's all doing what it's supposed to be doing, I'm actually, I'm actually pretty keen. This looks like a pretty good option to me. It seems like it's kind of mixed the right way. It works on the individual uh, fund, man, fund members' own age rather than having to put you in, lump you in decade-long bu- buckets. Um, and it's pretty cheap. So I quite like that. That's their life cycle, which is their default. Then they've got, uh, that's and the, the fee is uh, 0.58, I think 0.56. Oh, I sat close enough, same thing. Um, then they've got diversified and the mixes are just the usual one, high growth, ethically conscious growth, which is what we were asked about by Jesse, growth, balanced and conservative. So the usual allocations that you were used to. And then there's single sector and the single sectors are Australian shares, international shares, hedged international shares, Australian fixed interest, um, and they've got global fixed interest in cash. So, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty keen on this, mate. I think you know as a, as an idea for people who aren't looking to pick their own stocks. If you said I'm in super and my super is just either a premixed option or um, or a sector choice, um, then I think this is a, as good as any and probably better than most because of the price. But 
it doesn't allow you to choose individual stocks. So obviously mm. for you and I who are choosing stocks as a, as a quid, but also because we like to do that, uh, this wouldn't suit us. Unfortunately, I was really hoping it would. I've got a self-managed super fund, mate, and I've got to say it's a pain in the neck. Like it mm. really, the, all the paperwork and everything else and the cost. And if I could, if I could pick stocks inside Vanguard Super, I'd be there now. Mm. So I just put the whole lot across, we're done, you know? Because um, I'll take the I'll take the the low cost and the no paperwork. Thank you very much. You know that's a that's a no brainer. But because you can't choose individual shares, um, that's not an option for me. But I like I like the idea. I like and, and frankly, if you're an ETF investor, as as a matter of course, many of our listeners are, and Jesse sounds like he might be. This would be, in my view, at least as good and probably better than the other options that are out there on the market. Yeah, sure. Yep, I agree with that. Yep, low cost, broad based. Yep, regularly exactly. add. Yep. Wait. And Vanguard's already said they're going to try and bring costs down, which they've got a pretty good track record of doing. So, you know, rather 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 in an inflation world where everything's going up, the more money they get in this in these assets, the, the more the fees will go down. So it's 0.58% now, 0.56 for some of them. I, I would imagine it's under half a percent really fast. And then if, if Australians love it, we may not. We may, as you say, people, super is really sticky, so maybe people don't do it. Mm. But if enough people do it, I can see it coming down pretty quickly. Yep. What about the uh, ethical idea, mate? Uh, we've talked about ethical investing a few times before. I don't want to necessarily uh, flog the dead horse any more times than we have, but your thoughts about ESG inside Super? So I think it's a, it's a very personal question. So there's again, mm. there's no right or wrong. You've got to invest in things that that align you know, with, with with your personal beliefs, I, I, I yeah. feel, um, whatever they are. I do think that there's a bunch of BS in it. I think what's <laughs> what has happened is that you've gotten a bunch of product manufacturers in the finance space that have realized that mm-hmm. ESG resonates with a lot of people <laughs> for all the right reasons yeah. because yeah. we're generally yep. caring people, you know, yep. and then people are exploiting that, I think, because it, it, there, there's, there are plenty of companies that are that do the greenwashing. It's, look what we're doing. I oh, don't look over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely don't look over there. Hey, but we planted some trees, <laughs> um, you know? And so it's it's easy to be cynical on a yep. lot of this stuff because the world just wants to brand itself in that certain way. And I, I think, mm-hmm. I actually think it is wonderful for your brand, but you've you've got to be legit, right? And there there's all kinds of crazy things like, one of the better known examples that's talked about without getting into this as a particular debate is Tesla not mm. being in the <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, exactly. some some ESG index. You think, wait a yep, sec, they're yep. electric cars. I mean, surely yep. surely that yep. ticks a box. Mm-hmm. But it's more to do with Musk and his governance style and the mm-hmm. rest of it. So it, it gets, while the broad principle is very sound, it gets very subjective very fast. Mm-hmm. And it also gets very cynical very fast because of mm-hmm. because of, you know, are you really that ESG <laughs> friendly yeah, exactly. or or are you not? So I think I think all of that. I I think first and foremost, investing again, this is a personal question. It's like I don't believe you have to take a compromise. I think I can invest in, in a way that is aligned with my personal beliefs and yet okay. still maximize my returns. Uh, I mean, you said on Friday, I don't invest in Star City or casinos. I, I think yeah. they're horrible places. I burn them all to the ground. Uh, I won't shed a tear. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to invest in them. You know, that's, yeah. And that's, that's just me. And, and people will, will at you and you know, whatever, yeah. you do you. But I, not for me. And you can't say I'm right or wrong. I'm, I mean, I'm right for my personal set of beliefs and, 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 and the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So what am I saying? What, I, what I'm saying is absolutely, Jesse, I think that – if, if you're the kind of person who that's important to, I think you should invest that in, a, in a fashion that's aligned with it. Just don't be, just be careful to 
dig a little bit beyond yeah. some kind of label that someone slapped on it. It's like it's like Coco Pops having the four star health rating, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. You know, if you ignore sugar, it's really healthy. Exactly. So it's good for you in small parts or something. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's there's a lot there's a there's a lot of BS that's out there. So just yeah, just um, I think I think pay attention, pay attention to. I always say it: know what you own and why you own it. And if you really know and understand an investment, you know exactly what they do. You know whether or not that they're they're environmentally friendly or not. So I'll, I'll reference an interesting case in point here. We spoke, I mentioned to you recently, we spoke to mm. the CEO of Brickworks and they cop a little bit of flack because it's a capital intensive industry making bricks. You know, you need a lot of energy and power and the rest of it. And they cop some grief on that. And it's just like, it, it's just more complicated than that. I don't want to defend mm. them or, or, or shill for them in any way, but it's just like, you know, the CEO, Lindsay, was saying, well, our products are guaranteed for 100 years, and in most cases, they last two or 300. So, right, right. yeah, they cost a little bit of energy, but they're not going into landfill in three weeks like a lot of yeah. our products are. That's so true, mate. It's so, and that's, we, we really have yet to scratch the, uh, look, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a greenie from way back, right? But we have really to scratch the itch of, what actually matters versus what feels cool. Yep. So yep. the thing that's 90% recyclable that actually doesn't get recycled and gets thrown out three weeks after it's made. And, and you know, you go, well, hang on. So that's <laughs> versus the brick that's 200 years old. I'm, I'm a real quick shareholder, by the way. So maybe you should use a different example because it, it's a great example. But um, I, frankly, uh, <laughs> you know, hey, it was a mailbag podcast on New Year's Day. Let's go right off the, off the, off the deep end. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm far from convinced that animal products and and... Um, and wood aren't some of the most environmentally responsible ways to actually go about living our lives, right? So if I have a good pair of leather boots that A, last me 10 years, has no petroleum, and the animals are, uh, are raised and fed and killed humanely, and that's entirely renewable versus using what wearing plastic shoes, or you know, you can dig up some coal and you can dig up some uh, iron ore and you can process it using coal-fired generation you can bring it back send it across the sea then bring it back across the sea and build a building out of it or you can chop down some non-old growth forest and then replant it and then use that it's entirely recyclable i'm going to have a lot of people right now yelling at the podcast machine and that's completely cool they're entitled to i don't know that i know the answers either but i'm pretty sure that as a as a, as a dedicated greenie if i can live in a bit more harmony with actually renewable assets assuming there's you know humane treatment and and also we don't log old growth forest and there's a whole lot of other stuff going with that um but you know, I'm I'm far from convinced that someone else's ESG criteria are the right ones. I'm not saying they're not. I just well, that's what I said. Say, it's, it's a personal thing. You've got to really what, what's yep. important to you, and then yep. invest in, yep. aligned with that. Some people yep. will say, actually, I I'm more than comfortable to take a. I, I will, in fact, deliberately choose lower returns if it more yes. Yes. accurately reflects my my ethical stance. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yep. Eyes wide open. You've gone into it knowing and and happy to take that. And again, no 100%. wrong answers. I honestly just think, though, there's plenty of stuff. I think all, well, all the stuff, by definition, that I'm holding, I'm perfectly ethically comfortable with. And I'm, yep. I I don't feel I'm taking any compromise. I think they all have incredible growth opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, just, it's just more complicated than 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 I think it, it often gets portrayed as. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I'm a big believer as I've aged that when there are things that I want, I get the best. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I do that because I'm so tight. 
and, and and I heard a great saying. I may have mentioned oh, on is, the pod is. previously, God. which was, "I'm I'm I'm too for I'm too poor to afford the cheap one." Yeah, and I love it. And you, you mentioned shoes before, so I I yep. when I worked in the city and I had to sort of get suited and booted every day, mm-hmm. I would go through a pair of work shoes. Oh gosh, if it wasn't every six months, it was a year. Mm-hmm. And then yonks ago, I bought a pair of RM Williams. I think they cost me oh, four hundred so bucks. Yeah. Right. No, they're, I'm not they're, sponsored. They're six hundred bucks now, just quietly. It's cheap. Yeah, and, yeah, and, I, yeah, and I, it's yeah. so cheap because yep. to this day they are as good mm-hmm. as they are the day I bought them. In yep. fact, better because they've now molded to my feet. The first week was <laughs> agony, um, uh, but but I, I've got a, a, I've resold them a couple times. Mm-hmm. But they are in such good condition. They look brand new. They are super comfortable, and they will. Mm-hmm. I could pass them down to my kids if I wanted to. Yeah. Now you yep. tell me if that was the cheaper option or not. I mean, it's absolutely mm-hmm. not only was it cheaper, but I've had something far superior along the way. Man, so a buck pair of boots that you keep for 10 years is 40 bucks a year yeah. compared to replacing your shoes twice a year. It's yep. Exactly. No brainer. It's, so, it's, yep. so, it's yep. so cheap. So when it comes, I, do, I like to cook as well. So I like, I like a really good quality knife. You know, I like a really good okay. quality cast iron cookware. I like all of the- Oh, mate, I am a massive cast iron Are you? Have you converted? Oh, oh. huge. How the hell- I mean, this is, How have we lived cooking, our lives this Welcome long. to the cooking hour. <laughs> no, no, it's not, it's not how did we do that. How did the bloody T-Fal people, the Teflon people- Convince us that we needed non-stick cookware. Oh, what a joke! Yeah, like cast iron. If you treat cast iron properly, yeah, I mean, either it doesn't stick or you scrub it off with a, a bit of elbow grease for fifteen seconds, and it's good as you oil it, whack it back on the on the. Thing. I spent, mate. I spent hundreds on this pan, and you go, oh. whoa! That's not, actually, nah. I will hand it down to my great great grandkids. Yes, yes. Cheapest I oil chips. it up. I, I clean yep. it clean. Like it, it, yep. it will last forever. Yes, and yes. I could buy some other rubbish coated thing that's probably got a bazillion chemicals in it that I don't yeah, want to eat. Yeah. And, yes, and, yes, and we'll just burn my yep. food and will last <laughs> eighteen months. Uh, anyway, I don't know how we got onto this, spoons. but it, it's just I'm back to I, wooden spoons. The cooking too, by the way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, gosh. Away from, from the plastic. Rubbish so, same same with your bed. Um, you know, so when it comes when it comes to a car, I could have a billion dollars tomorrow. I don't think I'd ever buy a yeah. Porsche or a Rolls Royce. It's just, yeah. I mean, I, I don't judge anyone who does. It's just not the kind of thing that excites. I can appreciate fine machinery. Oh, I'm, and the I'm rest pretty of sure it. you've I'm pretty sure you've judged real estate agents with Maseratis before. I'm pretty sure I've heard that on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other kettle of fish. And it's very revealing too that they actually feel as though that's a, that's a, a positive signal to put out there. But anyway, um, but but I, I do know that whatever I get, it's, just, it's massively depreciating yep. and even the most expensive car, unless you're talking about real collector's items that just yeah. sit in the garage yep. the whole day. It's, just, it's, mm-hmm. it's not the same economics that are at play, but things mm-hmm. that, that are built really well and that last really long time, they look expensive, mm-hmm. but, but they're very cheap. And in fact, there's probably just to draw it back to some kind of relevance here. I think there's <laughs> there's probably some kind of relevance there when it comes to shares because generally yeah, speaking, yeah. The, yeah. you always have to pay a higher multiple for a very good quality share for a very mm-hmm. good quality business, mm-hmm. and and it's usually worth paying up for. You don't want to be hype if you're waiting for CSL to get to a P of fourteen. <laughs> Like you might not ever get there, uh, you know. Um, yeah, totally, mate. Totally. I don't know. How's that for a segue back? Back to uh, no, back to you, relevance. We, we de- des- desperately dive full stretch and just managed to grab on before we completely lost connection with everything. Uh, I, we've never had to start a podcast again, but we were in danger there of having to kind of go. I don't know how we get back from the here. Let's just stop hour. and start yeah. again. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, so back to ESG though. Um, I had a look. So, so, and this is to your point, and we'll move off this quickly. But uh, so the, there's a so the first. Uh, I guess in terms, so <laughs> where am I going to start coming back from here? Jesse, 
the the ESG, the ethically conscious growth option they've got is fine, but it's not ethically conscious high growth. So the first thing I want to tell you is, and you can make your own decision, the high growth premixed option is 90% um, growth with 10% quotes defensive, which I wouldn't even do, but they've got 3% Australian fixed interest and 7% global fixed interest. So it's 10% cash effectively, 90% shares, which is... I would go 100% shares personally, depending on my life stage, but mm-hmm. that's fair enough. Ethically conscious growth is actually the ethical version of their growth strategy. And even though they call it growth, it's only 70% growth with 30% defensive. So they've got 4%, they've got, what is it, 9% Australian fixed interest and 20% global fixed interest. So you, you've got 30%, it's not cash, it's not cash, cash, but it's close enough. Um, so you're already trading down from high growth to get the ethical option. Just be aware of that if you want to choose it. And then in terms of their approach, and I don't, I don't mind Vanguard, I like them as you know, they've said they uh, exclude, these are the categories, activities involving fossil fuels, alcohol, tobacco, gambling, weapons, nuclear power, and adult entertainment. So I mean, it's a pretty, pretty rough filter, just like that stuff comes out. Um, again, if you don't want to be invested in those, as Andrew said, no dramas. Uh, I don't think you're helping the world by avoiding them personally. I know other people have different views, including Andrew, which is completely cool. Um, so I, I, I don't try to invest ethically, consciously. I'd rather spend my dollars, we just talked about, with buying cast iron pans and Iron Williams boots. <laughs> um, but no, I'm actually being serious. I've said before, the consumer dollar is far more powerful than the investment dollar in my mind. But if you want to go the ethically conscious growth, go for it. Their objective is the same as their growth. The fee is the same as their growth. So you're not losing anything versus the growth in theory if they can do that. Oh, sorry. Mm. It's 0.02% more. So it's slightly more, but you know, nothing. Um, in fact, on a 50 grand balance, the difference is $10 a year. So, you know, you're paying 10 bucks to get that. If you want to do it, go for it. Uh, just be mindful it's not ethically conscious high growth. So you're also investing slightly differently if you thought you were getting the the full, you know, full shares option. You're not. You're only getting 70% shares. Um, even their high growth only ninety percent, but you are mm. you are trading down from that as well to get the ethically conscious version of that. I wouldn't. You can, as Andrew said, it's up to up to everyone to make their own decisions. But um, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't bother. I'd, I'd make a difference elsewhere. Yeah. Um, next one from who's this from? This is from Sam. Who says, "Hi Scott, I've been listening to your podcast for the last year and a half, and I'm a previous Share Advisor subscriber. I enjoy your insights and find the podcast really helpful. Thank you, mate." Uh, I have the majority of my investments in ETFs with some smaller investments in individual companies. I've been adding continuously and have taken advantage of the lower markets this year by adding to my ETFs in a bigger way after selling a couple of cars. Good choice. Hopefully you sold some uh, some good cars. If you had a four-wheel drive, you made a fortune on that. I continually add 10% of my pay every fortnight, which is free using CMC, so I don't get sung on brokerage. Nice. And I'm trying to accumulate slowly. Your message I pick up on is to hang in there and keep accumulating, especially if the prices are lower. You also refer to the Vanguard chart. Yes, you've been listening to the right podcast and the market rising over time. Could you just confirm to me, he says, that this has worked for you and your portfolios over the long term to put me at ease on this? I'm not interested in the amounts or dollar values, but just simply whether this has worked for you or not. P.S. Hi, Andrew. I hope you're well. I didn't want to leave you out. I enjoy your rampaging rants and find myself agreeing with a lot of them. I was going to poke the bear and say something about renewable energy and rising power bills, but I won't. Thanks, Jensen. All the best from Sam. I love the way Sam just held out, held out, held out and dropped you at the end. That's fantastic. Oh, love it. Love it. Thank well you. done, Sam. Well done. Um, Ram, has it worked for you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, could it have worked better? I think that's always true and will always be true. Um, but yeah, it's worked pretty well. And I kind of expect it to continue working pretty well. Mm-hmm. I was We were chatting off air and I was just saying, 
Well, I'm happy to share. I'll, I'll put myself out there. I mean, God, God you look it up on Strawman anyway. All my stuff's there. <laughs> I had a I had a terrible year. I had down 28 percent in 2022. Mm. Um, uh, so near enough, lost a quarter. And when I say a quarter of my wealth, I don't mean I oh, just what I had in my portfolio because all of my money. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a house, right? Like, There's nothing else, right? Yeah, everything. Yeah. My entire net wealth, pretty much, yeah. was down by yeah. about a quarter. That's that's pretty mm. pretty bad, mm. and and yeah. you know, it it tests tests the belief. I mean, at the same time, as I said to you, I'm I'm coming up on ten years since I set up a family trust, and uh, I'm actually about six months away from that milestone. Mm. And even with that drawdown, it compounds out as we speak today. I know the exact figure because I was just talking to you about it. <laughs> about thirty percent per annum. Yeah, right. You know, and that and that is that was. I never had a year of thirty. I had years mm. were brutally down and then massively up and then brutally down and massively up. And I don't know what the next few years will bring. Bring, but mm. I do know. Well, I think I know that as long as I keep buying good businesses at attractive prices. And having a capacity to roll with the punches and the moods and temp- temper tantrums of the market. That, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's the, I don't want to call it a secret, but that, that's the idea. Investing is simple, but not easy. And, mm. and when, what that means is, well, actually doing it is, is actually takes a huge amount of discipline and work and the rest of it. But the concept mm. is easy. And I know I've used it before, but I'll use it again. The, the greatest analogy in the world here is with, with diet. You don't, you don't need to pay someone a gazillion dollars an hour to tell you not to eat that eighth Tim Tam. <laughs> you know, maybe you should go for a walk around the block and get a few steps right. in. You know, you do you do the basic things. The big picture stuff is right. Eat, eat, don't eat a lot of crap. Do a bit of move around a little bit, mm. and you'll live 10, 15, 20 years longer. Like guaranteed, yeah. <laughs> right? Almost. Yep. And and it's the same with investing. It's like you know, you make a bunch of mistakes and you'll have a whole bunch of regrets and. You'll never time it well, but spend the less than what you earn, put the difference into a high quality business at an attractive price, and then just get out of the damn way and just keep doing it. Just, just that, that's the thing is just keep doing it. And yep. it's easy to do it when, you, when your portfolio's up and everyone's making money and you look like a genius. That's easy. I mean, you get no credit <laughs> for that. Where you get my respect <laughs> is that you continue doing that when the market's down 30% yeah. and you're still yeah. doing it. And you're doing it with a smile on your face. In fact, you're doing it because you recognize it for not the challenge that it is, although it is emotionally, mm-hmm. but, but for the, the wonderful gift from heaven that the market is, op- is offering you. Very easy for me to say in, 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 in um, <laughs> well, everyone goes, oh, yeah, oh, man, oh, gosh, I w- yeah, wouldn't it be great if the yeah. market collapsed? I'm going to back up the truck. No, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't. And I won't either. You know, we won't, yeah, we won't yeah. act nearly as aggressively as we yeah. know we, that we should. We should but yeah. if you can just basically more or less do those simple things on a regular basis mm, mm. i can't guarantee anything because there's no guarantees in this game but it's about as close as i can get to a guarantee i think i think when you look back on your on your life when you're as a much older person you'll be pretty happy mm-hmm. yep um i i kind of i love the question you ask um sam i also i also am mindful of kind of why you ask it right which is okay well that's all the theory but what about you guys what have you actually done um, so similarly, I, I'm down 26% over the last uh, tax year. I just checked, Ram. I don't. I don't. I did the um, the tax year rather than rather than 2022. What a crappy year! Yeah, yeah. Um, awful, awful, and and large amounts of money and all that kind of rubbish. And, and you know, I think. And the other thing is, have we done this? Have we done this 12 months ago? We would have said, oh, I'm, I wouldn't have been up necessarily over the previous year, but we would have had 25-ish percent more money each, right? And mm-hmm. and that would be nice, and we'd be happier about that, and mm-hmm. and you know, we would have avoided the falls, and that would have been great too. 
but it's one of those things I think where um, I I guess Sam I, like you write to us I don't I, so the answer is yes it's worked for me yes it's worked for Ram um, so so if that's the answer you're looking for then yes um, absolutely here's the thing though even if if I'd been a terrible investor or Ram been a terrible investor we'd both been terrible investors the market is still a market the returns still the returns and you're investing in ETFs you you can see on Vanguard chart mm. the actual return like it's mm. I, I guess I'm I, I guess I just want to say to you that. I understand the reassurance you're looking for. I'm happy that we can give you that reassurance. But if I'd done it terribly, if I was the worst investor in the world, the advice of buying shares in the market, be diversified, hold for the long term, still would have been true. You know, the exceptions do prove the rule in this case because the rule is just, it's, it's we're not making stuff up in terms of like, we think this will happen in the future. We're saying the last 30 years is X, the last 100 years is Y, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These things just happen to have been true. No promises for the future, but they happen to have been true. So um, yes, I, 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 don't, I don't want to make a contrary point for the sake of it, mate. I'm just, I guess I'm just saying that, you know, whether, whether, whether we had or not, it has. So there you go. I hope that helps. Um, but if it hadn't helped us individually, if it had been terrible investors or whatever, um, particularly with ETFs, I've got a few. Andrew's got a couple. Uh, a couple or just the one, mate? Just the nose day? A uh, couple. Yeah. There you go. So I've got a few. Andrew's got a couple. That's you know we are we are doing both, and and that makes sense to us. Um, I think it makes sense for everybody. I think the data suggests that it, it has in the past, and I very much guess that it will continue to. Can I just I, uh, I just I'll I'll clarify a few things here as well? It's just okay. it's sort of we all say oh, I'm investing in the market. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not. <laughs> I don't do that. Do you? Yeah, like yeah. I actually the markets it's like it's like saying if I go to the you know Piermont and buy some prawns. I'm not investing in the market. I'm buying some prawns. You know, the market is where I go to to um, exchange one form of asset for another. And outside of that, I'm actually an owner. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small point, but I think that's a really helpful one to kind of. It is so helpful, you know? mate. And it's, it's and, that, and, puts the 28% in context because the 28% just means that people are buying, bidding 28% less for the businesses that you own shares in that you're not obliged to sell or listen to the market unless you choose to. No, I give a that, that, is, that is exactly yeah, the point. Like, honestly, honestly the, uh, again, we're talking off air. I was speaking to some of the companies I own. And it's just like if you didn't know the share price and all you had were their results, I mean, actually, oh, Sales are up again for the fourth year in a row at twenty percent. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but apparently, the apparently the business is now worth a lot less. We're like, okay, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it was overvalued before. There's there's yeah, nuance yeah. to it, but but yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of irrelevant. So, and the other thing yeah. I would say is within that there are two thousand stocks there, so we can all be investing in the market. And there's one bloke over there on a squillion dollars, and there's someone over there who's lost <laughs> lost it all. So it's sort of like yeah. these these yeah. general terms and. Um, you know, it's a it's a very unwieldy kind of beast, but I, I, it it pays to get specific. It pays to 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 be deliberate in the language that you use because it does shift you psychologically, I think, and importantly in in the right kind of direction and mindset. And no, I'm I'm actually just going to this thing called the market because that's where you go to to uh, to buy shares. But I've I've got I've got there's two thousand um, b- different stocks on the shelf. And I'm going to walk down that aisle and pick off the very, very best ones <laughs> that are on sale. That's what I'm going to do. And two people are going to take the same approach and get to the end yep. of it. And their trolleys are full of different stocks altogether. Um, but again, in general, if you've if you've bought re- half, if the quality is half there and the value is half there, it's you know it's sort of generally right as opposed to specifically wrong is another saying I love. And I think. I think you you can get right down the rabbit hole with this stuff, but if you, you get the big broad brush strokes right, you're gonna be you're just gonna be very happy. I, I, 
almost I think that's almost that's the thing that no, no one in the market almost no one in the market other than us and a couple others will say this out loud which is even if your investing sucks and even if you lose to the market consistently for the next 45 years you will retire with a million dollars like it, it, you know I've said before mate I've got to formalise this in a better way at some point but there are three things that matter in the market they are the time you let me try this right probably the amount you invest regularly the time over which you invest it and your returns and frankly the very high likelihood is that's the priority in terms of which is going to determine the results that you get. Yep. If you invest $100 for a year and you get a 58% return, well done, you're going to have 158 bucks. If you invest $1,000 a year and you get a 7% return, which is less than the market, you're probably going to retire with a million bucks, I would guess. I haven't done mm-hmm. the actual number, so I better mm-hmm. be careful. But you know what I mean? It's not that. $1,000 wouldn't do it. Anyway, you get the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the amount you put aside the duration of which you compound it and then the rate at which you compound it. Now, if you're Buffett, of course, it, you know, you look at the S&P versus Buffett and you see the difference. But again, the point of the S&P versus Buffett, and I'll, I'll pull it up, mate, just for, just for the absolute fun of it because mm. the, Warren Buffett puts this in the beginning, the top front of his Berkshire Hathaway shareholder letters every single year. And he puts the change in the price of Berkshire shares and the change in the value of the S&P. Now, the S&P has done 10.5% per year since 1965, right? Buffett's done twenty point one percent. Now the difference is astonishingly big. Okay, it's Buffett's more than done double. Point, Don't make that mistake. No, no, it's ten yeah. x. Yeah, so Buffett's done three point six million percent. The S and P hundred times. The S and P's done thirty thousand percent, right? But thirty thousand percent is still three hundred times your money. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the, so you know. Do you want to be Buffett? Of course you do. And if you are Buffett, great, fantastic. But if you get the first two things wrong, you know what Buffett's done? He's done it for 60-something years, for starters, or 50, 56 years. You've got to get that percentage without doing it for that long. And you've got to invest a decent amount of money regularly to get, a, get any, any return from that. If you invest half the money, you're not going to get double the returns. It, just, it doesn't work that way. So um, just, just be mindful of, for the average person, given our, pro, our probability of getting sub, or sorry, meaningfully you know, superior returns, is very small. None of us is Buffett. Get the comp, get the get the contributions right. Then get the time frame right. And then if you beat the market, great. If you tie the market, great. If you lose to the market, still great because you're going to have a lot of money when you finish. Mm. Should we move on? Yeah, I, I consider that horse well and truly flogged. But, <laughs> but it is it is it is it is a horse worth flogging. I th- I think even when you uh, know it, it just I, yeah. I find it therapeutic just to say it out loud because it yes. reminds me, you know. So yes. hopefully. Oh, I've said before, the best thing about this podcast is we get to learn by by teaching, which is just yeah. spectacular. Yep. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. Hey, Rowan sends us a message on Insta and says, uh, if this makes it onto the mailbag, your choice on leaving my name in or out. Thank you, Rowan. I will include it, but thank you for giving us the option. Hi, guys. I've been lucky enough to come across this podcast, not directly before I started investing, but early enough to stop me from making some real dumb mistakes. Don't get me wrong. I've lost money on some stocks and even made money on some even dumber stocks, haven't we all? Since then, I've turned into more of an ETF-based portfolio with some companies I simply just want to own a part of and like for the long term. My question to you guys is, you mentioned Vanguard quite a bit, and full disclosure, I own some of the Vanguard ASX 200 ETF, but you never mentioned State Street Global Advisors and their ETF, which tracks the S&P 500, one that Berkshire has even invested in. They even have one in Australian dollars. Uh, So he says, what are the benefits, if any, 
Uh, or would it be best not to copy our Lord and Saviour Warren on this one <laughs> with a laughing emoji? Which I think is a I think is a rhetorical question, which says, "Hey, you two, Buffett's doing it. What the hell is? Why is it not good enough for you?" <laughs> uh, we've talked about we talked about ETFs a little bit. We're talking about different types of ETFs, and Andrew, I'm sure, will start by saying, "It doesn't matter. You're roughly right. It's fine to keep doing it." <laughs> but I'll say that for you, Andrew, so you can not hide behind that one this time and say, "Do you see a reason or benefit?" for the S&P 500 ETF over another global ETF or something else? Uh, well, it was more about whether it was Vanguard or State Street. And yes. and I, I, I think they're just, I find it hard, apologies, but I do find it hard to get too <laughs> interested one way or the other. You're so, you're doing the same thing. And, yeah, and, and on, honestly, it, it's just, roughly, just go roughly. for the lower. Yeah. I think we, we probably, look, there's no affiliation, but I think we probably bias Vanguard only because their fees are lower and they're not for profit. And yeah. as they scale, they're actually able to offer even better prices. The wonderful business model that they've got in that regard. And they've been doing it for a long actually, time. Ter- and they invented terrible business the model category. for them, but great if you're not for profit, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's actually an incredible moat the because they can yes, they can exactly. just keep going lower and yeah. lower and lower. Yeah. So you can't compete with them. Others try, yeah. and yeah. they try by by offering more exotic sort of bundles, and, and that's that's how <laughs> exotic they kind in air quotes. Yeah, and, and yeah. even Vanguard can't resist that siren song either. But oh, no. yeah, they're both good options. You know, you do you. If if mm. if you but if you are paying a higher fee. And I assume that's the case with the comparative ETFs here. You've got to ask yourself, what else are they bringing to the table for that extra fee? Now, maybe the answer is, yeah, but I just think they've got a better basket of stocks or whatever. Uh, that's fine. Great. Just just make sure there is a reason because I don't yeah. think there's – I think when you get to these broad-based index ETFs, there's virtually no difference, except the only difference is the fee and the solvency of the people who are backing it. And given the, the, the various consumer protections around it, it's pretty much only the fee that you've got to think about. Um, so yeah, that, yeah that's, put. that's what I'd say. Nicely put. Um, Rowan asked about whether there's a difference between the US and the Australian version. The answer is no, mate. It's just an exchange rate. One effectively the exchange rate doing it for you. Uh, the other is the uh, you make the exchange afterwards. If you own the US dollar one, you just get your price in US dollars, and you got to make the translation yourself. If you buy the one the ASX, you get an ASX dollar. Oh, sorry, an AUD, an Australian dollar uh, based price. So just that that'll be the only difference between those two I, I, over I, any significant period of time. Oh, God, I'm going to f- not attribute this correctly, but there's someone, like might be a Tim Ferriss or someone like that, who they operate under what they call a regret minimization framework. Yeah, I love that. And I love it. I feel like it's a Bezos or a Jobs, but go oh, on. Maybe I'll, it I'll is. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Um, I could Google it, but I'm not going to. Uh, and 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 what, what they're suggesting here Bezos, is- Bezos, by the way. It is Bezos, okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's such a great way to look at it. And, and the reason Ooh, I raise that, because if you're on your deathbed, I don't imagine there's any world where you go, oh, gosh, you know, it was really great to make 9.4% per annum over the last 30 years, but I would have made 943 if I'd chosen a slightly different ETF. That world does not yeah. exist, even yeah, even right. when there's objectively a difference. And even if right, the difference right. is a percent, it's just, it's just not on your list of regrets. Yeah. Um, it's really not. So the the far there there if if whenever you're thinking of something and it comes back to a, that kind of conclusion, the answer is don't sweat it because in this life there is a hundred more serious, heavy, horrible things to deal with, <laughs> and and uh, you know. I got ninety nine problems, but you know an ETF provider ain't one. Let me put, it, put it that way. I think I think that's right. Um, Ron, I'll only I'll only add to Andrew's point, which is of course spot on. Uh, that 
because you're doing index investing for me, just if 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 in doubt go broader. So you know the Yanks are funny. Um, of all people, Jack Bogle also says, you only need an S&P 500. Well, you don't need a global one, just S&P 500, it's just America. You get America's best companies. There is a hint of American exceptionalism about it. And I don't say that in a pejorative way. I mean, it's by definition, I suppose. I don't say it in an overly critical way. There is a sense of like, well, America's not the best company, so just buy an American ETF and you're done. And frankly, you know, there's some Australian investors who would say something pretty similar, right? Yeah. Plenty of Aussies are like, you know what? US has got better companies, go and invest there. And I think that, that makes some sense. Um, but to imagine they've got all of the best companies and that you are that you are in a great place ignoring the rest of the world because the US is already great. I think that would be a shame. So uh, that's why I uh, own the VGS, uh, Vanguard Global ETF. It's a different ETF, different companies. Um, I, but, you know, it, it is what it is. The other one I, I think I've mentioned before, I, I think I've got from my young bloke, is the VTS, which is the Vanguard US total market run the S&P 500. And why? Because you get a broader index. So just If you're going to go index, go broad. It's just my starting point. It statistically, intellectually makes more sense for me. So that's why I would do that. But again, to, to Andrew's point and, and your own point, I think we're only know. Um, and frankly, as I've always said, if I disagree with Warren Buffett, I'm the one who's wrong. So you probably you probably answered your own question. Rowan does finish very unkindly, Andrew. Very oh, unkindly. Yeah. He says, "P.S. Sorry, Scott, but you'd have to be H.G. Nelson purely on the fact that he has very distinct thinning hair." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about the bald jokes, says Rowan. No, you're not, you bust. I'm young, and if I have my dad's hair jeans, I have to laugh before I also lose my hair, he says. <laughs> uh, there you go, Rowan. I hope, I hope for your sake you're wrong. Uh, for both our sake, no, I'm, I'm gone. No chance of me left, but uh, Can I, fingers crossed. Thank uh, you. Uh, that's, that's, go that, that's, no, I'm not going to touch that. I, I, just, I, wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to actually circle back to something you said, and that is okay. if you want to agonize over something, if you make, I'm going to make numbers up here, but let's say you've said, I, I'm going to try and save 50 bucks a week. I'm going yep. to do this. Agonize over anything. Go to, back to your point in terms of what's the most important thing. Forget which ETF provider. See if you can make that $70 a week. Yeah, mate. Such important. That's a really good point. Like that, that is yeah, the yeah, difference yeah. that yeah. that is yes, in, yes. regret minimization again here. Mm-hmm. Are you going to miss that 20 bucks a week <laughs> in 30 <laughs> years time? I, I doubt it. I doubt exactly. it. Whatever you might've yep. got for that, which is probably yep. not much these days. Um, or it's actually, you know, nearly a 50% increase in, in the, in the weekly contribution that you're making. I mean, mm-hmm. that is, I, I can't do the maths in my head, but it's a mind blowing difference. Yeah. Yeah. Agonize over that. Agonize Compared over to, what I mean, we used do. to, I'm just pulling up the Vanguard uh, Vanguard Super thing again because remember a 0.02% difference on 50 grand is $10 a year. So to your mm-hmm. point, 20 bucks a, a week on can I save some more money versus can I shave a little bit off and save 10 bucks a year? Yeah, no, that's on 50 grand. If you've got half a million dollars, then it's 100 bucks. If you've got five million dollars, it's a thousand bucks. But even still, like a year, that's still a year, right? That, that's 20 yeah. bucks a week there. So even you got to get a you got to get five million dollar portfolio before it matters as much as saving an extra 20 bucks a week. Yeah. Which yep. is, you know, that's that's the story. Actually, it leads me to another point. It's a little bit off topic, but I think it's kind of relevant here. A lot of people- I, and, and, Cast iron cooking again? Come no, on. although get a cast iron pot. Like, do yourself a favor and don't don't scream. <laughs> get the good one. Um, uh, yeah, so a lot of people in our space, I think, talk about budgeting and the importance yep. of budgeting. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually not a big fan of it. I'm going to be a little bit yep. controversial. I just think it's it's life doesn't fit so neatly into the little boxes that you decide at one point in time as to how you're going to spend your money. It's it's too hard. Um, so I think what is something that's effective is is something is far superior over something that might be theoretically better. And um, what, so the way I've approached it, and the way I usually encourage friends and family to do it, is go go back to front, and that is start with a commitment on what you want to save, mm. and then once you've done that. Do what you like. Spend the rest. Mm, mm, I mean, mm. that, 
what whatever anything goes you know um uh because you've got the important stuff done right. And then you don't have to think, well, geez, I only allocated $80 a week to food and I've already spent 85, so I can't. It's just, it's, no one sticks. It's like the impossible diet that no one sticks to, which yeah. is, which, it doesn't matter how good it might be in theory. You're not going to stick to it. It's useless. So yeah. I, I tend to flip it around just to extend that general line of thinking from before is just look at your personal situation, you know, try and get rid of as many debts as you instantly can. But once you've, once you've done that, and just look at what can I live without a week and then just put that aside. And that's the only thing you have to worry about. After that, go, go nuts. Any, every, the rest is by definition there to be spent. Mm-hmm. And you, don't mm-hmm. have to, you don't have to overthink these things, but, but then you can start agonizing over, well, I, I thought I could live without $100. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm happy to put that away. Maybe, maybe I actually could do with, without that 120. And then you just, you'll oh, oh, I've got a pay rise. Oh, that's fantastic. Or, you know, mm-hmm. you, you'll be able to find that you, you, you push that up and it, it'd just be the, the, the best habit that you can possibly get into. Such a good point. Well, we're, I'm, you know, I'm gonna, it's the beginning of the new year, mate. So let, let's spend a little bit more time on personal finance. I want to I share a couple of thoughts. Mm-hmm. I've said on this podcast before, I've given the example of someone who wrote to David Gardner saying that they saved half of their pay rise each time they got a pay rise. Just put it away. Yep. Because you didn't need it before. Now, I know inflation's going up, so, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you didn't need it before. You, you're living on what you're living on before. The fact you've got a pay rise, your costs don't need to know that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so putting aside half, most, all, whatever, of your pay rise each time you get one is just the easier. I've been doing this now for seven or eight years probably, I think, mm-hmm. yep. uh, consciously. Makes a huge difference. So, so because you don't, you know, it's just money you didn't otherwise have. It just came in. Had it, had it been sent by your employer straight to super or something else, you wouldn't have missed it. Yeah. Um, so do yourself a favor. If you get a pay yep. rise, put at least half of it into in your investment account straight away. We're all it's, goldfish it's, too. Like we grow yeah. to our bowl. Like it, yes. it's yeah. it's amazing oh, mate, to so look true. at. I mean, I, oh, you see some yep. people I know who are actually on really good wickets, but I actually yep. don't think they've got that much net wealth because <laughs> they just totally. have a lifestyle. Totally, mate. Yep. You know, no, that oh, makes bloody them car happy. leases. Yeah, oh, yeah. gosh. You know, the, it, yeah. it, um, my granddad was a bank manager and he often used to say, mm. it's just, he'd go, wow, look at that house. That might, they must be so rich. And you'd go, well, I think again. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't know the full story yes. that's there. Yes, and yes. and uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. We mentioned Morgan Housel's thing, uh, book, a couple of the chapter on getting rich for staying rich. That they are, they are very, very different things. You you know, you can live like a millionaire or you can be a millionaire, but you can't do both. Yeah. You know yep. that, that's that, that's kind of the the key the key message. And, and, so and you you will yeah. you will spend that extra money. You will very yeah, and you gotcha. kind of you look at it now and you, just fight and you think, oh yeah. man, if I got an extra twenty grand yeah. here, my, oh, it's, it changes everything. And you notice it for the first few paychecks, yep. and then it's yep. just normal. It's yep. just normal. You know, I guarantee you, there are investment bankers out there on a quarter of a million dollars who feel they're being hard done by because the bloke oh, in the next cubicle's on more. You know, and and it's sort of like mate, the number of uh, the number of people on gone. Well, it's it, it's just it's just it, had they done your, what you're saying, which is basically just bank half of every pay rise or whatever it happens to be. It's just sort of like a, just mm. there's no there's no competition, you know. They're yep. fighting no, with one arm behind their right. back. You're you're you yeah. know. Yeah, the number of people who are on high six figure income who tell me that they can't possibly have a stage three tax cut because they couldn't pay the mortgage. I'm like, mate, yeah. if you're earning what is it, two hundred fifty grand a year and and you have a mortgage so high you can't pay it unless you get a stage three tax cut. You're doing something yeah. very wrong and it's not paying too much tax. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no. you've, you've overleveraged yourself and you're living beyond yeah. your means. You know? yep. And, and yep. someone on 10 grand a year can live beyond their means as can someone on a million dollars a year. And you know. Mate, I've said before, I was living at home at the time, so that's a, a far from perfect example. But mm. my first full-time job, I got paid $24,500 a year, and I'm not as old as that might sound, and mm. I couldn't spend it all. 
I mm. literally could not spend. I was I was saving money. I, was, I didn't have to try to save money, right? Mm. And so what happens? Yes, I moved out of home. Yes, I got a better car. Yes, but 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 to, to that exact point, where, you know, I grew to my bowl. Mm. All of a sudden, that wasn't enough. Then I got a pay rise of twenty seven thousand eight hundred dollars. I remember that as well. Mm. And you know, and then it, and it goes up and up. And all of a sudden, you find yourself on you know three times as much. You're like I can't, I can't, I can't afford stuff. What's going on? And mm. it is exactly as you say because you buy the house, you buy the car, you mm-hmm. buy the clothes, you commit to the you know whatever, whatever. Um, you, you're one hundred percent right, one hundred percent right, mate. I love it. The other thing I want to I want to share with people is a quote. Um, again, Matt, not even close to mailbag, but we're doing it anyway. Um, I, I I I have struggled my weight in the past and continue to, as plenty of people would know. See me on TV. Um, I'm great. I'm great at losing weight. I'm great at putting on weight. I'm not good at holding in either either direction. Uh, but uh, and I, I need to lose some more weight. But when I have been able to lose weight, one of the things I've been able to do actually since losing weight, I've still put some on from eating too much crap. But um, I'm off sugar. I've been off sugar now for pff, two years, maybe. I'm not not all sugar. Not not you know not absolutely. But I had no sugar to anything. Uh, try and avoid packaged sauces and packaged foods. Anyway. Um, the reason I say that is because I've read a book by Peter Fitzsimons called The Great Aussie Bloke Slim Down. And in that, he, he, he uses a quote, and this is, to your point, believe it or not, about budgeting. <laughs> um, and the quote is by Samuel Johnson, abstinence is as easy to me as temperance would be difficult. Hmm. And that was the light bulb moment for me, right? Because I can, to your point about diets, I can say, I'll eat a little bit less of that today because I need, or I'll, I won't have that dessert tomorrow. And once you do that, you kind of, that's the temperance thing. I'm trying to like, trying to mm. work out where the right line is. Mm. Well, you just say, no, I don't, I don't do sugar. Yep. And it just stops. I haven't eaten McDonald's other than when I've been on family holiday, no choice, mm. twice or three times. Um, just go and pass something. And it's just, what it, and to your point about, this is the point about budgeting, right? It's not a matter of saying, counting the individual calories. That probably works for some people, which is fine. Mm. Or you just say, no, I don't do that. It just, just, just take it out of your, take, it comes out of your repertoire. You just don't do it. Yep. And so your point about budgeting is like, it's partly it be about saying, yeah and so so budgeting wise it's you know it's it's about the mentality it's about the personality you choose to adopt or or i said money personality sounds like a bit of a wanky term but you know what i mean it's that idea of like i don't i don't spend that stuff and your point before mm. about clothes you know i buy expensive stuff but i buy quality stuff i don't buy the mm. cheap stuff so i just don't do it and once you've decided that about yourself that abstinence idea that very quote of like that's not what i do yeah. and it's really 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 powerful if you can decide that and stick with it it saves you having to say will i buy the thing this time Yes, mm. I don't. I don't do that. Mm. So it just it doesn't become it doesn't become an option. It doesn't become an issue. It's it's a really, I found it anyway a really meaningfully useful part of. Again, I've got to lose some more weight, but you know, keeping keeping most of it off was exactly that of just actually I don't do sugar anymore. So yep. I just don't, and so it's. it's I, one of, I've, it's, I've, I've I've made up for other like, too much of other foods, but if I had added sugar on top of that, um, you know, I'd be in even even more trouble. Oh, it's, so one it's one of the, one of those one of the easiest life hacks. I mean, when I say easy, right, conceptually right. easy life hacks is get rid of sugar. It's just so but the decision. So massive. Is, that, yeah. But my point is, it's also once you decide, not I'm going to cut down on sugar because cutting down is impossible to measure. Yeah. You never know when you're there. Yeah. Whereas like, I just don't do that. So okay, I don't do it. Job done. And it's there's, a whole different thing. There's um tenth but Buffett quote of the day. Uh, it feels like, um, <laughs> but uh, God, he's just so damn quotable. But he, one yep. of the things he said is the chains of habit are too lightly felt until they're too mm-hmm. heavy to be broken. Such a good. And line, he's yeah. talking about all kinds. I mean, it just relates to so much. But it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's true. Like you 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 we start these we have these little patterns and they just become so unavoidable and self self-fulfilling at a point in time so it's just like if you if you can if you can foster the right habits early on and they so that they do become automatic which is I save a hundred bucks out of every paycheck. Yep, exactly. I don't do yep. sugar or whatever. Yep. Again, I don't yep. want to yep. people again live your own life but yes. but yes. but when it becomes automatic I mean 
when it becomes automatic, it's it's a superpower. The 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 best answer is actually just eat a healthy variety of fruit and vegetables and only eat broiled chicken breast and go to the gym <laughs> for four hours a day. It's far superior than yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's an impossible goal to stick to for most of us. And 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 therefore it's worthless. <laughs> so, you know, what, what's the other saying is, you know, perfect is the enemy of, of the good. And and just again, bring it back to yes, what we we're originally talking about here. This is this is of all uh, I'll save you reading a thousand and one personal finance books, right? Just <laughs> spend less than what you yeah. earn, <laughs> put them into sensible investments. <laughs> yeah. Wait, that's Favorite it. That is it. Yep. That is the whole secret. Diversify. Yep, that's it. Yep. That's it. There's nothing else you need to do. I mean, there's, you can unpick a lot within that, but but that's about as complicated as it needs to be. And just stick at it. Don't interrupt it. Don't stop it. That is the real skill. I have seen a lot of friends firsthand who had that light bulb moment did it stuck at it for three years and got oh my god andrew i've got i've saved up this much oh that's brilliant oh yeah i'm going to europe I'm like what no 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 you don't you don't get it <laughs> yeah. oh no what are you doing He's like, oh yeah but i saved up all this money i'm gonna yeah. do this like, <laughs> no, so no 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 you know, yeah. you know, I'm, again i'm not i'm not yeah. saying don't don't enjoy life or never travel i'm not i'm not saying yeah. that but yeah. it's this it's it's the real power is made when you just you continue to let that go. So the the the, the biography on Buffett um, mm-hmm. uh, is called Snowball by Alice. Oh, help me out, Schroeder. Anyway. Hey, Schroeder. Schroeder. Thank you, Alice thank Schroeder. You. Alice Schroeder. Yeah. Great book, and and she talks about the it's why it's called the Snowball is because he just Buffett just started early and just kept at it. And that, that mm-hmm. was the secret. And it just rolled yep. and rolled yep. and got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and again, repeating myself, it's I know, but most of it. 99% yep. of his money was made after 52. Yes, it just it starts to pick up a lot of snow when you've got a very big globe, you know? And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, horse, consider that horse flogged. But there let's it is. Finish, let's finish with a couple of questions from Matthew. A couple of, mm-hmm. oh, this one's a challenge. The second one's easy. Hi, Scott and Ram. I've got a question for the mailbag. I have two questions for you. One, I'm 32 years old. And only wish I knew I had ETFs and compound investment when I was 18. We've Don't just we talked all. about that. Considering you and Andrew are a tad older. Hey, be nice. Can you share each three things you have learned over your investing journey that you would tell your younger self? Oh, yes. Oh, what a great question. So the first one is start now. Now. Uh-huh. Like right now. Not when the market goes down a bit or not when things clarify. Like just yes. right now, yes. just yes. start for the love of God. Um, yep. would be the first one. The second <laughs> one would be, um, uh, I, I think own your decisions is a really powerful mm. one nice. because there's just a thousand places you'll get information and tips and the rest of it, and they've all got value, but you need to own your own decision. And, and mm-hmm. I, I haven't used this one for a while, but it's the idea of <laughs> you can borrow an idea, but you can't borrow conviction. And you're going to need conviction because no, I don't care what you own. You know, there's going to be times where it's really scary and it's falling. And if you just bought it because you heard someone on Twitter talk about it, you're not going to know what the right action is. If you've done the work and you understand it and you've got a clear idea of the thesis and what needs to happen, you know, it's just like you'll, you'll find that not only can you tolerate the, the tough times, but you you'll probably have the conviction enough to do what needs to be done, which is buy more. Um, so so own an idea and and take, take the time to do it. And also... Um, to treat each mistake, and you're going to have a lot of them, and you're always going to have a lot of them, um, <laughs> as, a, as an opportunity to, to learn. I, I think I I never kick myself too hard with some of the dumb mistakes I've made 
Mm. Where I really kick myself is where I make the same dumb mistake multiple times. That's <laughs> that's the thing that I find hard to yeah. forgive myself for. And I've done it yeah. a bunch of times. You're just like, how many times do I need to learn this lesson? <laughs> you know, um, that, they're the hard ones. So, so you, and, and it's just normal. I mean, everyone makes mistakes. I don't care who you are. Um, and and just just learning the right lesson from that, I think, can be can be very valuable. Oh, mate, they are excellent. I'm, I was going to, uh, a couple of those are the same as mine. So I'm going to, I'm going to try and come up with something, th- three more so we can add, mm-hmm. add, make them six in total. Um, I should have gone one each. Now I'm wishing I had used all the good ones. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think, I think my first, I think my first lesson would be to understand, I know this is a, I'm going to go to really regularly understand your own psychology so it's almost like you're pointing about start now but it's, mm. it's that kind of idea of you know do the things that make you stick with what you're doing find whatever those pre-commitment devices are whatever those habits are whatever those we just talked about those actually so mm-hmm. it's kind of maybe that's what's on my mind subconsciously but uh, find those things that actually make it work I, I, I don't I started early I started at Maybe my first investments when I was, I don't know, mate, probably 22 or something like that, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of stopped and started. I put money in, I didn't put money in, I had reasons not to and I didn't do it and that kind of stuff. So it wasn't, it wasn't starting for me, it was, it was continuing. And some of those things we've just talked about with budgeting and, and putting money in and paying yourself first, whatever, whatever kind of version of that works for you. Um, I would have told myself to, to just concentrate on that. Maybe, and, and you know, we talk about putting young heads on, old heads and young shoulders. Maybe I would listen to myself either when I was younger, but um, I, that's what I would have done. Is I, I would have put some things in place and done some things to make sure I kept going, not just started. So that's the first one. Second one is really difficult because it comes in your investing style. Um, but I would have told myself to pay up for quality. Mm. Uh, and we've talked again about quality companies over the past couple of weeks. But just the idea, and you don't have to buy just quality businesses. You can buy crappy, cheap ones and make some money doing that. So it's, it's all up to your own investment personality. But if I've made some mistakes, it's by being too cute on not paying up for it's a quality it's a great business it's a pretty good price mm. just buy the business mm. like just you know almost back to your Aaron Williams story mate um, but, but in, in stocks this time it's just like that idea of just you know um, some of the some of the I've sold dominoes I've told that story a million times but just that idea of if it's a really good business doing good things just let it do its job yeah. you know don't sweat the, I, I, I almost bought zero at 12 or 14 bucks and so I had to wait till I got to 10 and it never did it went to 100 right mm. it's back down a bit now um, Woolies, you were, I think we were working together. Woolies was falling from 40 to 20 something. Mm-hmm. And I think I thought under $20 would work. And so I, you know, it doesn't mean those two businesses are great to buy or worth buying. But mm-hmm. so many examples of where I've looked at business, if they're to be cheaper, I'll buy it. Yeah, but, but not now. And that has cost me money. And like when you're buying quality, you know, like overpaying a little bit is not your biggest problem. Yeah. You know, if, if, it's, if it's pretty cheap and not cheap enough, the business will do its thing. So that's probably the second thing. Um, third thing I want to tell myself um, I'll throw in a bonus one while you're thinking go on yeah do I, I, I tell myself particularly as a, a male and as a younger male it would mm. be don't don't let ego get in the way. <laughs> yeah, so you know, because it's going to. It's such a good one. It's just, a good one. It's just going to like we yep. we 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 tie ourselves our, our identity to some of these decisions, and it's just. Uh-huh. It's not worth it. Life's too short. As I said, you just got to accept yeah. you're going to be wrong a bunch of time, and 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 you know, so what if I look stupid or I've made a bad yeah. decision? That's cool. I'll tear off that band aid and start again. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. no one cares. 
even if someone laughs at you on Twitter or something, it gives us stuff, you know, we're all, yeah. I, I just, I just, I just, I just, I've got, I think that's actually one of the, the few things of getting <laughs> older is that you realize that you just give less, I was going to use a rude <laughs> a word, yes. less of a yeah. stuff uh, yes. as you get older. And it, it is, it is another superpower. <laughs> and I think as, I think that's the tragedy of youth is we all, we all think that everyone's thinking about us all the time and that, you know, and we make, we make decisions more to sort of what that might look like in other people's eyes and the rest of it. Just stay humble. Don't get your your, your ego in the way. And, and mm. I think that will lead to a much greater clarity of thought, which will lead yeah, to like much that. better outcomes. I like that. Um, I was too busy enjoying yours to keep thinking actually about mine. I've got another one. <laughs> Come <laughs> on. Maybe look bad, but keep going. Like you could as long as you want, but I'll give you by you some more time. I think the other one for me is is stay curious. Um nice. I think all of the great investors, um, they are lifelong learners. And they're not doing it because like they that. feel as though I need to do this to 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 be good at my job. They're just doing it because mm, mm, they could have give them a billion dollars and they will still read that book or follow that yeah, yeah. blog post. Yes, or, exactly. Yeah, because it's yeah. just interesting, right? And I think yeah, the, yeah. The, the, invest, the, the, the best investors just have a curiosity, not so much on financial markets, but just in the way that the world works, mm. you know, and, and how, because uh, it's just fascinating. And I, I think the people who prepared to ask the quote unquote, the dumb questions and to try and f- get to the fundamental essence of a, of a situation is, is just, again really 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 powerful and it, it will serve you well in life but it will certainly serve you well in investing because you 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 that curiosity will drive you to turn over more stones will drive you to be more confident in in understanding the situation that's in front of you mm. um you know the very the, the people who have sort of just act at the dance at the periphery because of oh it meets these three conditions i'm in i just, I feel as though you, you, whenever you're right, it's going to be largely a combination of luck, and and when you're wrong, you're probably not going to realise <laughs> yeah. why you were wrong or what learned the right yeah. lessons. You, you, you've got to yes. the why. The why is very important, and you're never going to dig enough to get to the why if you're not a curious person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to add mine, mate, which is a, a, a twist on the quality thing. But I was thinking about some of my failures and successes, and I've told the Domino story a million times, but I think. I think I would say be even more optimistic. I've become more optimistic as an investor the, the older I've got because I think experience has shown me the value of that. And I, I think, you know, if you find good businesses, give them rope. Now, mm. I've, I've, I've lost thus far on paper a lot of money on Kogan drink. Sorry, New Year's drink. If you, <laughs> those of you who've given up New Year's <laughs> drinking for New Year's, bad luck, you're right, it's all over, have a drink. Um, but I said before, I, I lost a lot more not holding Domino's for longer. I've made a lot of money in percentage terms uh, holding Amazon for a very long time through millions of ups and downs. Um, I think you know if you've if you've if you've done the work to identify the best businesses and they still have bright futures ahead of them, let them do their thing. You know, don't get in the way. And it doesn't mean you should I have sold Kogan at twenty five dollars. Yeah, probably. Yeah, in hindsight, I think it's almost certainly right. Maybe it gets back to thirty bucks. Maybe I'm glad I didn't. But um, for for every one of those, you know, we talk about probabilities all the time. We, we, at some point, Andrew will write the, the podcast book, which will be all these things we just say over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a mm-hmm. very short book. We just repeat it a lot. But um, you know, the the 
if you find those businesses with great long-term potential, with really good futures, I firstly look for those in the first place, by the way. So I talk about quality, but I'm also talking about, I don't just mean business quality in terms of like well-knownness. You know, we've talked, we've rented a lot about blue chips not being blue chips, right? Mm-hmm. They're not, doesn't mean they're great investments. So when I say by quality, I'm not saying buy stuff that everyone else likes or it's got a good, you know, corporate brand name. I'm saying buy, buy good businesses that are, are quality operations, right? Actual, actual quality, not just people like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but also give them some rope. Like buy businesses that have, bright long-term futures. Think about some of the potential long-term opportunities for these companies and go, you know what? If that business continues to op- do, it, do what it's doing, it could be much, much, much bigger than this. And while ever it's a good business, Domino's is a great one for a whole lot of reasons, not because of the, the sell story. It was, it's was it been bagged at every price between $6 and $140 and back to whatever is now 70 bucks. And people are still bagging it for whatever reason they want to bag it for. It, and it just keeps, it just keeps, it's just doing a good job. You know, it's opening more restaurants, selling more pizzas to more people. Like, what more do you people want at some mm-hmm. level? Doesn't mean the price has always been right. Doesn't mean they haven't made mistakes. We talked about some of those a week ago. Um, but it's, you know, if you if you find a business that's a good business, let it just let it do its thing. Like, don't don't over don't over manage your holdings. Mm. You know, if you own these business privately, if you own Domino's, the business outright, you wouldn't have bought and sold it fifteen times in the last t- decade, right? You would have mm. said, well, I still think it's a good business. It's got a good chance. And if it didn't know what it was worth. Are we still earning more profit than we did last year? Yeah. Well, let's keep doing that then. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like that. That's what needs to drive you. So I've always been business focused as an investor. I've been lucky to learn from the Motley Fool US when I started. So I've always kind of had that. But just like as much as you can, put the put the markets, you know, manic behavior out of your mind. Focus on the business. Is it a that, good business? That's, is it growing? That's is it the other, keep growing? Keep th- doing it. That, that is the other thing to go back and tell your younger self is forget the market. The market is the most irrelevant part of the whole thing. Yeah, it, re- it really is. It's, it just yes, is. It's, yes, as I yes, said before, yes. it is simply the place you go to yes. transact. Yes. That is that's what it's. That's the function it serves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. an interesting signal to see what other people are prepared to do on a given day. Yep. But that's that's yep. all it is. I mean, you know, most of the time it's just it's got nothing to do with nothing. And and the 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 mm-hmm. the, the, the more. Well, this is a heuristic. I've done no deep dive statistical analysis on it, but as a general rule, <laughs> oh no, no one, no one thinks we haven't done any of that. Much no, that's true. That. You have to but, explain that. But, yeah. but I think in my life, the people I've met who's, who are very hyper aware of every price move and in, in mm-hmm. zig and zag tend to be just terrible investors because they just yep. can't see the forest for the trees. In fact, they're not. They're just speculators. It's all yeah. about price movements up down. It's just got nothing to do with anything else. And that look, if that's the way you want to play it, okay, great. Just don't call yourself an investor, right? Mm-hmm. It's like when Buffett's, you know, the person who habitually engages in one night stands, like calling them a romantic. You know, it's sort of <laughs> <Syrup and allergy, laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just ignore the market. The, the market, the market is there to serve. It is not mm-hmm. to there to inform. Yep, I um. I yeah, I think that's that's such an important. If, if investors had designed the stock market, proper investors had designed the stock market, here's how it would work. I would say to Comsec, give me a call when Domino shares hit 200 bucks, I'll decide if I want to sell or not. Mm-hmm. That's how it would work. I wouldn't go there and say, what's Domino's worth today? What are they telling me it's worth today? What's mm-hmm. it selling for today? Mm-hmm. What price can I get now? What about now? What about now? What about now? Mm-hmm. It's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I, I like the business. I hope it's worth a lot more in a, in a, in a long period of time. Um, at 70 bucks now, I think, you know, if it got to 200 bucks in the next five years, I'd probably sell. Hey, give me a call if it gets to 200 bucks. Otherwise, don't bother me. Yep. That's how, that's how, that's how a stock market is on by. And the buyer would say, you know what? I really love the Woolworths business. Um, I'll tell you what, give me a call. If the shares get down to 25 bucks, give me a call. And if nothing's going wrong with the business, I'll probably buy some then. But give me a call then. Now, I'm making these numbers up, right? So don't hold me to um, that's how That's how it would work. That's how a market would work. It'd be a blind market. <laughs> Not because, mm. you know, knowing the trend, knowing the trade of price is irrelevant. Mm. 
I don't. Why, why do I care what price people are sharing, uh, are buying something CSL for? Uh, you've said this a million times, mate. It's, I know it's on Strawman. You put your valuations on. Um, you know, if I think CSL is worth $150 a share, then I want to buy when it's less than that. And that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. I don't care whether people are transacting 220 or not. Why should I care? Now, sometimes I might say, hey, team, just tell me, you know, ask the market or someone else, what's CSL worth? I think it's worth 250 Really? Why? Oh, okay. No, I'm right. You're right. I, I made a mistake. I'm increasing my valuation from 150 to 200 because I missed that thing. So there's some value in other people's input. But not tell you what it's worth, just give you some other data to maybe reconsider your, your assumptions. Yeah. That's useful. But um, letting the market, I just, this idea of like checking regularly what something is worth, it's just, it's- well, I can prove it. I, I can prove it, stupid. Because, Good. I mean, let's let's take a business like CSL, it's a very well-known, yes. very closely scrutinized business, one with very yes. established operations. Now, the market so far. thought today, as we record this, <laughs> thinks that that business is $14 billion more valuable than it was a month ago. Now, has <laughs> the business changed? Yeah, oh. I suppose. But that, really? that, yeah. that $14 yeah. billion dollar difference in market yeah. cap has more to do with general macroeconomic machinations and what mm-hmm. the US markets, it's got absolutely virtually zero to do with the actual business. Yep. In fact, let me just check the announcements first. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No marketing sensitive announcements over the. He's like, oh, there's a takeover. Phew, that's lucky. No. Yep, um, right. uh, yeah. And it just. So, so, it's, so you can say, no, 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 it is right. It's like, well, if it's right now, it was wrong before. Like, yep. Both can't be true. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, and, and, so, and so you've said before, we tend to assume the market's wrong bef- before we buy. Oh, look how cheap it is. And as soon as we buy, every price is like the gospel truth. Mm. Oh no, the market thinks it's this. It's like, well, wait a second. You didn't care before, but now you do. Uh, anyway, point point made. Forget the market. Well and truly flogged. But yes, focus on the business. Um, buy businesses you think are worth more in time because they're going to grow, and if they're cheap now, that's even better. Yep. And let time do its thing. Yep. Hey, um, I'm going to hold your second question, Matthew, because we've gone probably two time, uh, and uh, last question is a very specific one about uh, about a specific company and stuff. So we'll, we'll hold that over. Mm-hmm. Um, Ram. Happy New Year. Again. Happy New Year. Thank you for joining me for yet another year of Motley Fool Money podcast. I love doing the podcast with you, mate. I'm very, very fortunate. It's good fun. We get to chat yep. to each other and, uh, and and answer our listeners' questions and talk about the market and investing and stuff. And if nothing else, as I say, we get we get the best job because we get to learn by, by teaching, which I th- I'm convinced is about the best way you can learn. So yeah. uh, thank you to our listeners for giving us the opportunity. We hope uh, we have... Uh, you have enjoyed the last 12 months. We hope we've been interesting and educational and insightful. And if not at least a little bit funny. Uh, and uh, we hope you'll stick with us again this year. We love doing the podcast for you. Please keep giving us your feedback. Um, you know all the socials. I won't bother with them now, but just want to say thank you. Thanks for thanks for being a part of it because frankly, Andrew and I could still talk to each other and probably would without the podcast being on, uh, <laughs> but it's much more fun, much more interesting, and hopefully much more useful doing it for an audience that is, I hope, getting something out of it. So well mate, just thank you. Thank you for doing it. I really appreciate it. Yeah, likewise, mate. Good fun. Always good fun. And uh Let's see what 2023 brings because uh, good Don't Lord knows now. the last couple of years have been in, <laughs> just mad. So let's, let's. Did you notice nobody nobody at the end of this year or last year went, oh, I can't wait till next year. Remember the end of 2020? Yeah. It was like, oh, thank yeah. goodness we're, that's done. Yeah. Oh, good riddance 2020. Yeah. It's like, oh, can we have that year back, please? It wasn't as bad as I thought. Oh, God. <laughs> so yeah, let's, just, let's just not let's not jinx it and just cross our fingers. Yeah, let's, let's, we'll just take whatever whatever comes our way, we're going to roll with the punches. <laughs> that's for sure. Okay, sarah, sarah. Full on. Cheers. 
The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under financial services licence 400691.